Even through all the storms and through all the hard and through all the suffering that we see and that we walk through, and we're all going to go through hard, there's always a rainbow. There's always a rainbow at the end. There's always something that we can learn from and we can grow in, and it's going to make us stronger. All right, I want to take a moment before we get into today's episode to make an announcement. I want to let you know that I'm taking applications right now for the Create Purpose Mastermind, an intimate mastermind group for aspiring seven-figure creative female business owners who are looking to build their dream team. So if that's you, go to createpurpose.net forward slash mastermind. Here's what it's going to look like if you decide to spend a year with me and this intimate mastermind. You know, when I was putting this together, I really was thinking about what are the outcomes that I want you to get as a result of spending a year in this group. Number one is I want you to discover your unique greatness. Because when you surround yourself with people who see you for who you are and are able to draw you back to your own greatness, so much can change. Number two, I want to help you master your inner game. Because everything in business starts with self-awareness of why things are the way they are. Because as soon as you become aware of that, you get to decide and make a choice to change it for the better. Number three, I want to see you lead with confidence. You know, because I fundamentally believe you already have everything you need. You don't need another guru to show you the way. And I want to see you build your dream team. And that's what we're ultimately going to be doing in this group is building a business around a team of people that no longer centers around you, the leader, but you now have a team where you now are able to free yourself up to be the true CEO and create a visionary of your business, ultimately to grow your business, make your business easier to manage, more profitable, and a lot more fun. So if you're an inspiring seven-figure creative female business owner who's wanting to build your dream team and grow your business, then please don't wait. There's only 12 seats available, so don't hesitate in getting your application in. What if this were to be your breakthrough year? And what if this mastermind is exactly what you need to really grow your business and bring your unique potential to life? To learn more, go to createpurpose.net forward slash mastermind. Let's get back into the show. What if you were to approach building your business more like an artist. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with Trisha Robinson. She's been an artist for 20 years. She's built a thriving business, selling her art and building communities of other women who are creatives, artists alike. And in today's episode, we really get into the artist's journey and how that's such a metaphor for entrepreneurship. This episode is so powerful and so inspiring because Trisha shares with us her artist journey and how it really applies universally to really life, but ne- definitely building a business and building a team. We, we talk about that and then we get into some very practical things she's done to build her dream team and really start to live into her unique greatness. My hope for you is that you leave this episode after listening to it. Similarly, to how I left it, more inspired to lean into discovering your own unique greatness. And 
living and working from that place more and more in your business and creating a business that gives you permission to do just that. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Trisha. All right. Hello, Trisha. So before we get into our episode today, I'd love for you just to introduce yourself real quick. Well, my name is Trisha Robinson and I'm an artist. I love to paint. I love to create, come up with new ideas, and I love to create with happiness and cheerfulness and bright colors. And so that's what I've been doing for the past 20 years. So those listening, Trisha and I, we've known each other for about a year now. I find myself inspired by our conversations. You might not know this, but just your energy, the work you do, it's who you are. And that's what I love about you. And so I I was really looking forward to today's episode because I just, you're somebody that's very authentic to who she is. You're very true to yourself and it comes through your art um, your business, just who you are. And it's, it's, I'm just looking forward to where this conversation takes us today, but I love to start just a little bit about where this story really began for you, you know, cause you're, you've built a thriving business with your art and you've, you've created a, a community of other women, other artists, other creatives, and really created a really cool life for yourself following your passion. And so I would love to hear from you, like, where did this story really get started for you? That's a great question. You know, I feel like the story started when I was little because I've always loved to draw. So I was always filling up big sheets of paper with drawings and my entire room was filled up with paper and drawings. And so from that, from that point on of just being little drawing, sketching, using my imagination, went to high school, college, I thought I would I thought I would become an artist in college. I took art classes, but that did not speak to me at all because I was put into a box. And so I decided, okay, I'm not going to go that route. And then I was a youth leader of high school girls for about 10 years. And I loved it. It didn't even seem like a job to me. But then after I quit that job, I that's when I started painting. And it really started with basically telling myself, okay, what would just, what would I really love to do right now? I want to start painting. And so it all started really my whole kind of when my art career started was my mom and I started painting. I don't even know if you know this, Zach, but we started painting on furniture. We started painting children's furniture. And so, yeah, we would paint children's furniture. I would, because I was inspired, I was watching and seeing what other businesses were doing. I thought, oh, I want to paint children's furniture. And paint like bed frames and paint, just find some old, you know, antique furniture and paint it. So we would go to these craft shows and we'd sell it. And then I decided to start painting on wooden boards. And then what I realized was people were buying the paintings that I did on the wooden boards. And it was a lot easier to carry to shows than it was the furniture that we just pack up and carry. And my mom was such a great sport with it all. And my mom's an artist and she really has been one of my biggest cheerleaders throughout my art career. But yeah, so that's really how it started. I really started painting. It was a very simplistic view of, okay, I'm just going to start this, buy a bunch of furniture. And then I went over to wooden boards and started painting on wooden boards. So that's really, and then from that point on, I was painting on wooden boards and then I transferred over to canvases. And then I started becoming, I really, I would say, Around 2004, I started entering art shows. I started selling my art at galleries at the beach. And that's really where it took off from there. 
from the from the art standpoint, not really true business business standpoint. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm kind of wondering about is there a tipping point in there, like a defining moment where you're you really were like, wow, this yes, this this is gonna be this is real. This is this is happening. What comes to mind? <laughs> Yes, I had a tipping point. I was filling up my house with paintings because I was so excited. It was almost as if this gift just popped in my lap of, oh my goodness, I want to keep on painting. I love this. This is just fills me up. It's my bliss. It makes me excited. I can't wait to paint the next painting. And so my husband and I were getting ready to go to an art show. And I remember my husband saying, well, you really need to think about what you're doing after this art show. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, my husband doesn't even believe in what I'm doing. And that's when I just started praying about it. And I have, my art is really based on my faith. And that has really carried me through this whole journey is my, my faith in God. And then we went to this art show and it was incredible. I mean, I, I think I won like best in art show, or it was all these things that just kind of verified, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And we made money from it. So after that, my husband was truly on board because he realized, okay, this is, this is something that is important. Trisha loves it. I mean, he was just basically realizing, okay, this is a real thing. And it's not just something I'm flippantly doing, or it's on a whim. It's something I'm very passionate about. So that was a tipping point and then from there, I started getting really serious about applying to certain art shows and going from there and being in more galleries. Yeah. I'm just, I'm wondering about this because, you know, this, we're, we're only hearing like a, a bite-sized chunk of the story and we're, you're sharing the, the aha moment. And sometimes yes. if you're listening, hear that and it's like, oh, I wish I could just have that eureka moment, you know, and what, what do you have to say to that? Like if, if someone's listening and thinking like, yeah, that's must be nice, Trisha, that you can just wake up and just have this like, oh, it's, it's come to find out. I, people love my art. I had, who knew, you know, and, and it just took off. Is that the full story or is there more to it? Oh, there's so many layers to my story. That's not, it wasn't just magic overnight at all. Yeah. And it was one tipping, you know, you're talking about the tipping point. That was the tipping point. Right. But before that, I'll go into my backstory a little bit more because there are layers. And I think everybody has layers to their story. But I went through, when I quit my job with working with the girls, the high school girls, I was diagnosed. Well, first of all, I was trying to get pregnant for about two years. We couldn't get pregnant. We didn't know what was going on. And then I, was, I found out I had a blood condition. And so I had to be on major medication for it. I was really sick and basically told that I either had leukemia or this blood condition. So I, I went through a few weeks where I thought, oh my goodness, I don't know how long of a lifespan I'll have. And so it was really coming to grips with what was important in life. And this was very early on. I was 30 years old or 31 when this happened. And then they told me that we could never have bio kids of our own. So Mike and I had to go through that grief of letting go of, okay, we have to do a different, we have to start, we have to have our family in a different way. Are we going to, you know, which, which route are we going to go? So, and then three weeks after I was diagnosed with my blood condition, I was told we couldn't have biological kids of our own. My dad had a severe brain injury, which basically turned him into like a two-year-old. So I went through a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of suffering, a lot of trials during that summer. And I call that the summer of hard. However, and this is what I always talk about in my art club is, and even just, just part of my, of who I am is, 
you know what? Even through all the storms and through all the hard and through all the suffering that we see and that we walk through, and we're all going to go through hard, there's always a rainbow. There's always a rainbow at the end. There's always something that we can learn from and we can grow in, and it's going to make us stronger. And I like to think about it in an art form of when I paint, almost every canvas I paint, I paint black first. And you don't really see black in my art because I'm very colorful with my art. And I love bright colors. I love the candy colors. But when I start with a black canvas, it's almost a symbolism to life. Because when you go through the hard and then you add the layers of the color and the joys and the, and the happiness of life, it makes life, the darkness makes everything else richer in life. It makes the colors brighter. It makes the joyful thing. You just start, you really start savoring life in a whole new way when you do go through the heart. And if you can see that as a layer, so again, every painting I have is really a dark canvas. It's a black, it starts on a black canvas. And then when you start adding the colors, it makes the colors pop so much more. So if I painted on a white canvas, it would not, the colors wouldn't pop as much. And when you start looking at my art, you realize, wow, there is black in there. You just can't see it as much, but it does give a richness to the entire piece. So that's how I see life. Well, if you're listening, Trish is an artist. It's so visual. Like I would encourage you to stop this episode right now. Go to trisharobinson.com and you'll see the power of what she just shared. Cause there's not a, there's not black in any of the paintings I'm looking at right now. There's not a ounce of black. It's you're the most colorful, bright and person. And so that's such a powerful metaphor. I love it. it. But I think you have to, if you're listening, you have to see the art to really get that. So Go to trishorobinson.com and see that because so powerful, Trisha. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Wow. And so did you always just have a, a knack for the brightness and, and like, so this idea of the black canvas to the, the, the colorful energy and joy and, and is that something that was always there or did you kind of find your way to this style of art or because it, it's very unique and I, any artist you would say is very unique. So What's what was that journey like to find your true expression of your art? We'll say. Yeah, I love that question because I feel like, you know, my whole life I've loved color. But then honestly, when I started painting and creating, the style back then was browns and neutrals to decorate your house in. So, you know, I live in Birmingham, Alabama. Southern living, you know, was kind of like, you know, everything was brown and neutrals. And I decided, you know what? And it's really when I was faced with just the hard and faced with this, you know, being on a lot of medicine, just realizing that my life, it really, my landscape, the landscape of my life really changed when I went through the hard stuff. And it was so great in the way of I quit. I would guess I was a true people pleaser. Like I really wanted to please people. I was much more affected by what people thought. And then when I was faced with, okay, you may not have a long lifespan. When I was faced with that, I realized, oh my goodness, what is life all about? I'm just going to paint what I want to paint and decorate my house how I want to decorate. And it really gave me a freedom, a freedom of being freed up from what people thought or what I was supposed to do. It was a permission slip. And that's what I talk a lot about in my art is give yourself a permission slip, a permission slip, whatever it is to have more fun, to embrace imperfection in certain ways. And so that's what I did. I decorated my house in all these colors. And it was almost like me holding up a flag of just, okay, I want freedom in my life. 
I want to be me and I don't want to just do what everybody's doing. I just want to be true to who I am. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it does. And, and like, there's so many roads I could go down because the work I do, like, I'm not an artist, not, not in the way that you are at all, but there's just that creative expression, whether you're an entrepreneur or an artist, like this freedom of like, no, really listening to that inner calling to, and letting that come to life there, the word permission and freedom really does ring true for me too. And, and it does for a lot of the clients I work with. And it's kind of a process of coming back home to who you really are and shedding some of the shoulds and knots and comparison traps and just letting your expression be more than enough. And when you discover like, oh my goodness, this is every, actually, this is the thing that's making, this is what's selling. This is what not, not selling for the sake of selling, but this, wow, it's what's most true to me. And look, people like that part of me. It's just kind of a very fulfilling experience. The idea of kind of this tipping point that you found, like life was very dark and you found this expression and, and you really just started to realize like something fundamentally changed for you. And what, I, what I'm wondering though, is what would, what would be different about you if you never found this and allowed yourself this permission? What would life be like for, for you if you never gave yourself permission? Wow. I think I would have been a much bigger people pleaser. Like I think that would have been, or I, it would have taken a lot. I think what happened at 31 years old, a lot of times people learn this later, but they don't learn it earlier of just being free from trying to please everybody or trying to do things how everybody else is doing. And I think sometimes when people get into their fifties or sixties, they get, they, they go through the process of aging and they realize, what am I doing? Like, why am I, why am I pleasing all these people when I don't, I'm not even being true to myself. And so I think for me, it just, I got very focused and everything became very crystal clear at an earlier age. And it was, it was hard. I mean, it was hard when I was watching all my friends having babies and living these frolicky lives. And I was sitting home. I was sick, number one, not feeling great. I was helping my mom take care of my dad. And so those things were pretty big issues for a 31 year old. But that's where I feel like if I hadn't gone through that, and I tell my kids this too, because we adopted all of our children. We have three children. And I tell my kids, I'm so thankful for what I went through because without that, I wouldn't have had the children I have, and I would have been a different person. The trajectory of my life would have completely been different, and I think I would have, I wouldn't have had the freedom. I mean, the freedom was very, very clear to me as a 31-year-old of what I wanted to do. Wow. Yeah. What would it have cost you the most if you, if you weren't to have found this creative expression? What do you think? the cost of that would have been like, if you never would have found the freedom, I would have never found the freedom, the cost of that joy, peace, you know, enjoying a life to have, to be able to make a career out of what I love. And that kind of freedom gave me a boldness, a real a courage, courage that I didn't know that was so deep inside of me. It just came, it bubbled up. It was kind of a, okay, you know, I'm going to, it is, you, there is a vulnerability when you put your art out there or whatever you're doing, making something new, creating a business. There is a part of letting go of, okay, 
letting go of control and realizing this is a vulnerable position that I'm in and, but having the courage to go forth and do it, you know, having the courage to paint paintings and put them up in shows or whatever that is that you can do. But yeah, I would say I wouldn't have had the courage and just being brave to move forward and being true to who I am. Yeah. That's so powerful. And, and you know, what's what I find unique or inspiring about you is you not only just stayed true to the art artistic process and, and, and creating, but, and this is a part I'd love to explore a little bit more. You've kind of invited other people along for the ride a little bit. You've invited other people into that creative process. And, and I'm curious, what have you found? Like learn what, if you were to see this, not only through your own eyes, but now you get to see it through the eyes of some of your community what what have you seen the impact of this being just this true expression of you know whether it's art in your case it is art what's what's that been what have you seen it has been so encouraging and the community of women i have an art club and having the women in there the connection with women and even connecting with women on facebook or instagram just or emails and talking to them but you know for me because art like discovering art in a way of being playful with it. And that's what I love to share with women about just be playful, be wonky. Wonky to me means like, I call it the beautiful and perfect, but encouraging women just to go out and, and paint and create, they don't have to make it perfect. And it's so encouraging to me to hear the feedback from them on what they're learning and how they're growing and just how it's given them joy and given them just, it brightens their day to, if they're, painting their in their own way or if they're buying one of my pieces of art but that was my key thing it's just really when I started painting I wanted to have an impact you know I wanted I didn't just want to like paint my studio and paint 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 but it did give me bliss it did it did give me joy however I really wanted to have an impact with what I was doing so I started putting quotes on paintings that really meant a lot to me I started putting words out there then I and I love to write so every day I've been writing in my journal since I was in sixth grade. I I, mean, I feel like my day is grounded when I get up and write in my journal. And so in my morning time, when I write, sometimes I sketch. A lot of my paintings come from that time in the morning, a lot of the ideas for my paintings. So yeah, so basically with my art, it's kind of transformed into, yes, I was painting. And then I started realizing, you know what? I, want, I really want to have stories with my art. I really want this to impact someone else in a way that encourages them. And I want women to look at my art and really be inspired and be inspired to see life with more of a, just a joyful tone, to be inspired, to have more, whatever it is, just be more courageous in a certain way, just be more brave to go out and, well, I love this quote. It's by St. Catherine of Siena. It's be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. And, you know, I heard that quote. It was a royal wedding of Prince William and Catherine. I saw that wedding and I remember watching it. And that's what was said in the wedding. And I remember stopping it and like, what was that quote? That quote's amazing. And they said that in the wedding. And I thought, that's so powerful. And when I sum it up and think about the women that I want to impact, it's, I go back to that quote. That quote's like a grounding quote to me because I want to help women be more of who they are created to be. And I think we all want that. We all want to be more of how God created us and however we see God, but it's just so freeing when we become, and I think it gives that spark in our life and that joy and that excitement and exuberance of truly, if we can just 
hone down into, okay, how am I created and how, what are my unique gifts and abilities and what am I passionate about and how can I translate that into making an impact into the world? So, yeah, well, let's, let's put a pin in that. Cause I'd love to go there next. Just that idea of be who you're meant to be and, and, and what does that really look like? And maybe you could share some, some lessons there, but I want to go back to, cause I love this about you. When I first heard this, I was like, what'd she say? Wonky. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's the perfect word. Paint wonky. You know what? And just this anti-perfectionism. And in fact, there's beauty in the, the non-perfect, like, you know, and when you look at your art, you'll, you'll know what I mean, what I'm saying. It's just, it's, it's so, it just draws you in, but it's kind of in the imperfections and kind of like, what, you know, it's, it's like, it, it's freeing it, your, your art screams free. And so this idea you're making me think of, so about a year ago, I started working with a, a storytelling writing coach and I'm, I have the journal right here. He had us write with, in big black letters, the front, front cover. He said, you have permission to write badly. And I remember how I felt when I wrote that. I'm like, all right, it game, game on. I now can just write. And he talked about Van Gogh. He talked about how Van Gogh would just attack the canvas. And he, he used that as a metaphor for writing or really any, just attack the canvas and don't think, just kind of make it more guttural. And I love, like, it just set me. So I, I can relate to some of your stories. It's more in the, the writing and the storytelling and just letting myself play and just, just attack the canvas. And how much do you know about Van Gogh, Vincent Van Gogh? I love Van Gogh. In fact, he had a huge influence on me when I first started painting. I was trying to look at everything that he was painting. I would get books from the library and then I'd buy books. And he still is a huge influence in my art. Have you read the book? It's a, it's kind of a memoir uh, on his life. It was a, it's a kind of a fiction, historical fiction, uh, Lust for Life. Yes. Yes. So I just finished that book and there's moments in that book that like move you to tears because you see exactly what you just shared with us on this, right. a little bit of that, 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 that spark of genius where it's like all there's a, there's a scene in the book where he, he was painting like in a lot, I learned a lot of artists do this and maybe you could add some context, but they learn by copying other people's art. And and I, I say, like, oh, that's so cool because so does business owners, right? We learn like, what are we supposed to do? What's the right way to do this? Wrong way to do this? And there's a little bit of it that's just kind of draining and exhausting. And it's, ugh. and maybe there's a part of it that that's necessary to kind of get the fundamentals for sure. But there's a scene in the book where he kind of gets angry a little bit and he just, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but this is what how I read it. He got a little angry and he's like, kind of just, just, I can picture him just shoving all the art on the ground and grabbing a blank canvas and just attacking that thing. And then, then, and he doesn't even, he wasn't even conscious of what he did. And the next morning he wakes up and he looks at it and he's like, Oh my God, I nailed it. It was the scene. There's this art, this word is like the potato farmers. Do you know what I'm talking about, Trisha? Yes. He was trying to paint this family Yes. and he, he did it like day in, day out for 30 days. And he kept chucking it. Finally, it was the last day before he was to move. And this is storytelling, but, and he just, this is the scene where he, he, he just did it um, from memory and it, and it just, it became one of like one of his first famous paintings, I think. Now you probably know more about him, but I just was fascinated by hearing just what that artistic journey is really like. And I think it's so 
it resonant for a business owner, an entrepreneur. It's like the, the heck with all this. I'm going to do what works for me. And all of a sudden things start to like success starts to chase you. The dream starts to chase you. And I saw that in, in Vincent Van Gogh's story. I'm seeing that in your story. And I wanted to sh- really draw a light on that because I see it in so many people and how they how it plays out for them. Yes. I mean, there's so much I could say to this. This makes me so excited because first of all, when I started painting, I would look at Van Gogh and Matisse. I mean, Matisse and, well, Matisse was one of my favorites too, because he did, he was copying people too. They're all in this kind of, I don't want to say stagnant, but this fine art that they, it was in a box. And then they realized, oh my goodness, I can jump out of this box like Van Gogh. Like it was almost where his brushstrokes, which you're talking about, when you look at the brushstrokes and see the energy and the excitement and just the, it's like a movement. When you look at his paintings, there's just like movement right there. And with Matisse, the same way he had, and I loved how they, they literally lived outside the box of conventional art back then. And they would put pink and lavender in a tree, in a tree on this, you know, in the tree where it should be brown, they were painting pink and lavender. And I learned so much from that in color theory, but what you're talking about, how they just chunked it all. I've been thinking about this so much. I think this applies to art. I think this applies to business because really I feel like I had two moments in my art career path of where, okay, I started with art, but then I started really loving business where I started reading all these business books and podcasts and I was taking courses and that helped me scale my business into a different level. But what I feel like I've learned through these years is, and I love this because you're talking about Van Gogh, but you start when you're learning, you you see patterns of what people are doing. And I, and I heard this the other day of you do you study patterns, you study patterns of what people are doing. And I love studying patterns. I love researching people. I love researching how their brain works and what they're thinking and entrepreneurs and artists and putting that all together. And that's what I did with my art. I would study the patterns of how people painted. And that's what I did when I started studying business. I would study people that I really love, like how they were doing their business. I was studying their patterns. But then there comes a point where you study the patterns and then you create your own patterns. And that's where the magic happens because that's when you're confident where you're going, oh my goodness, I can create my own patterns. And I saw that with, at first I was, I was taking art and I was kind of copying it in a way because you have to start somewhere. And I'm all about like, yes, you can copy. You just can't sell exactly what you're copying. And I teach that in my art club with people who are going, okay, I've got to find my own style and my own voice. And it will come. It just takes time because you have to study and learn on the forefront. But I just feel like you study the patterns and then you create your own patterns. And that's where, again, that's where the magic happens with it, whether it's business, whether it's art, it goes across the board. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. We draw inspiration, then it becomes our own expression, but it, you can see little subtleties of, oh, that's Van Gogh or that's, you know, and you can, but it's uniquely yours now, you know, and, and that's an art or in business and, you know, and I, 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 in my work as a, as a business leadership coach, I find a lot of the clients when they first start come to me, they're, they're searching for that right way of running their business, of, of selling their product or their services. And it's like, they don't know this, but they kind of go on their own artist journey of, wait a minute, who says there's a right and wrong way of doing this? Like when, when we get down to it, it's what's your right way. And what do you want to create? And, and just seeing them get back in touch. I say, I call it drawing them back to their own greatness. 
getting them back in touch with that inner spark that really started this whole journey and letting them live, work, lead from that creative place, that inside out place. Life gets a lot of fun when you go there because it it's now it's more effortless. It's more intuitive. It's more flow. And you don't have to put all that pressure on yourself to have the right answer. And anyway, so that leads me to something you said earlier, kind of around finding your calling, unique greatness, just really no one will really lights you up and what also what doesn't and choosing what does light you up again and again and again, and just watching where that leads. What has that journey been like for you as now a business owner, leader of people, like finding your, your work, your unique, great greatness and, and bringing that to life more. Does that make sense? What I'm asking? Definitely. I think there's so many layers to that too. And you've seen me, you know, this year, there's ebbs and flows and there's struggles being a business owner. And when you start growing your team and you start developing systems and processes in your business, but, and what I've seen too, is you, what you're saying, you have to go back and see what brings you joy. You have to go back and say, okay, giving and making for me, it's just making boundaries with my time of okay, these are the days I'm going to be in the studio and I'm going to create and I'm going to play. It's almost saying things back to myself of what I want to show others of you got to have time for curiosity and go after things that just light up your heart and spark you. You got to, you have to make time for play. And then going back to giving yourself permission, giving yourself to permission to quote paint wonky in business where embracing imperfection and also allowing yourself to fail, like try new things. And I love to see things as, okay, well, I'm going to try this. It's an experiment. This is an experiment. It's not set in stone, but let's try this and see what happens. It may fail. And there, and so for me, I just, we all go through the days, the, the low days, the high days, the days where we need extra encouragement. And, and, you know, I've experienced that this past week and just you know, it's really great when we can just go back to, and for me, it's inspiration, just being inspired. That's really what helps me kind of get back on track and going back to the core of what I'm doing, like the core of, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing in this business and in art and making and creating? I want to inspire women. I want to, I do want to make an impact. And I think just having that, the why is so important also that carries me, but reminding myself to play and to have fun with it and what you're saying, just getting back to the grant, just the beginning of what started this in the first place. Like, where's our passion? Because I do think creating a business, there's so many, so many moving parts. And then you really have to get back to the core. Yeah. Well said. I, there's this idea of the play and some of the things that feel silly sometimes to us, especially as business owners, like that's not productive. You're making, as you shared that with me, you're making me think of a conversation I had with my coach several, about a month and a half ago, busy as heck, no time in my calendar. And what I really want to do is have time to run and, and read and journal and meditate. And just some of the things that really kind of light me up, you know, get me kind of in a spot where I feel like I'm at my best. And what you're describing is all about your job is to be your best. Like that's your job. And, and he helped me see that he's like, well, Zach, what if journaling and reading and exercising, that is your job. Your job isn't just getting the, the debt projects out on time, hitting a certain quota every month of production. It's that's not your job is actually those things that you say you don't have enough time to do. And when he said that, I'm like, oh, you're so right. Like I need to start building a business that allows me to do my job. And my job is not always what 
it's kind of counterintuitive at first. Well, well, my job is I got to sell, I got to get this done, my website and our landing pages and my launches and all the stuff. But that's really not your job. The job is kind of up ahead upstream and what really fuels all of that. And I don't know, that's what, what comes up for you as I share that with you. Cause I, I think you share that in what you're saying. I love, I love what you share right now because it hits so true to what I've been, I've been dealing with and you've seen this also, but I remember when you told me, you said, why, what if you just go to your studio and create and that's enough? And it just hit me. It was like, what you're saying, there's so many different things going on in our business. And yes, make, you know, the, the numbers, the finances, making your, the marketing calendar, there's all these things going on. But then what if I just go and take the time and go into my studio and make and create, and that's enough. And that, you know, and I think about back to those first days, those first months of when I was first creating and painting, and those were such incredible times. Like it was just this, all this new excitement and energy. And then you kind of get, and then I, I can see how I can go into different patterns. And that's why I love coming, coming up with new ideas and new ways to make things and paint. But also in business, when you start going through all this, all the different things that you're supposed to be doing, supposed to be doing, supposed to be doing, and you don't allow yourself, like what you're saying to play or just be who you are. Yeah. Then in the long run, you're going to burn out. That's where burnout, I feel like that's where burnout is so, it's just so intense if you just keep on going that route. Because if we're playing the long game, we we better put in time to play or whatever it is to go on a run. To go For me right now, I just make myself, I'll go outside and I'll just sit in the sunshine just to get that vitamin D and just to be outside and be present and be in the moment. And I think that's really yeah. key also is just be present and be in the moment. That's really good. And you're making me think of a conversation I had with a client this morning about feeling tension and a lot of anxiety and kind of this weight on, on her back. And I'm, I'm cutting the conversation short and summarizing, but it kind of came to this moment of a question of, of what kind of, what are you not dirt doing? That's what are you doing? That's not serving you kind of idea. Oftentimes when we're feeling that kind of that icky, heavy feeling, it's a good indication that you're probably doing some work that you're not meant to do. And instead of trying to fix yourself, let's be more curious about, hmm, wonder what's not working for me. And that's a great question. What's not working for me right now? And get specific because I believe, and the more and more I do this work, we all have a unique greatness. It's, it's, we all have our work. So I, I wanted to get your thoughts on, this is an idea of a noodling. Some of it's inspired by Stephen Pressfield, my favorite author, but he has this idea of, well, he, he says this quote, put your ass where your heart wants to be. I love that. I like, I'm a little bit edgy. So when he says, put your, I, I, that's my language. I get that and do your work. And he has a scene in his book where he, he put off, he's a prolific author now, but his journey to becoming an author, he put off writing and avoided writing that novel for months and years. And he had this Smith Corona typewriter sitting in the corner and borderline depressive, couldn't pay his bills. And there was a day he pulled out the typewriter and he, he just, he wrote, it was awful. He says, he's just reads, he's like, it's terrible. I, I threw the piece of paper away, but I got up from the chair. Next thing I know I'm doing the dishes, a, a, a pile of dishes that have been sitting there for weeks. And I was whistling and that story. I read that. I'm like that. I get that same experience when I do my work, you know, like I'm trying to be a storyteller speaker. I want to develop that. 
my work right now is in the basement rehearsing and on flip charts and, and doing that creative work. Even if that's just for 15 minutes, I notice my whole day, I, I metaphorically speaking, I'm whistling throughout the day. It's when I don't do that work that I'm stressed and I'm anxious and I'm overwhelmed. And I share that story with you, knowing that you're creative and an artist. And I'm wondering what about that resonates with you? Like this idea of doing your work. 100%. I'm right there. It's doing, yeah, doing our work. I call it, you know, the genius zone, the inner genius, the, yeah. what we're really meant to do and called to do. And that's where it, that's where the ease comes in and the joy and the whistling, what you're talking about is, I mean, I'm just resonating so much because I, I feel the same way when I go in there and I'm creating, or I just draw a little bit or sketch anything in that part of the creating where I'm called to do, or if it's writing, because those are the things that it's comes very, it's natural, it's joy filled, but oh my goodness, it's very hard sometimes when you have all these things going on and you just put that to the side thinking, oh, that's not that important. And I'm realizing, no, that is the importance. Like that's, that's the key right here. And so right now for me, from a, from a, from a business owner coming at it and an artist, what I've realized the past year, building, building the business, adding more team members, building, I say my dream team, which are wonderful women to work with. I'm filling in those, you know, putting people in the places where they're, they're being fulfilled and feel that joy also. But as I'm doing that, I want to be very clear with my team. Okay. I'm going to have these certain days. They're blocked out. I'm going to put all my meeting. I'm batching things where I'm putting meetings in certain places and batching it where Tuesdays are meeting days or Thursdays are meeting days. And then I'm going to create on Wednesdays and Fridays, because if I don't plan that and put that into motion and also be very clear with my team, it's not going to ever happen. So, because things will happen. I mean, you know, yeah. All, all the stuff goes on, but it's really honing in on what, what I really need to protect. And it's, you know, that's where I call it. It's really sacred to have that time that we're using, that we're spending our time and making time for that sacred, the sacred calling that we're all given for our uniqueness. Let's go deeper on that from a business owner's perspective, right? Because most creative entrepreneurs, it starts with them and in their house or basement. And all of a sudden the kind of the business will take off and all of a sudden something's going to have to change. And naturally there's some evolutions you kind of go through as you grow up in your business, your business grows up. You mentioned building your dream team and, and kind of talking about carving out space. What have you learned as you've experienced a growing business? What are some of the shifts that you had to make or things you had to start to let go of so that you could remain in your zone of genius, like you said? Well, first of all, I would say when I first started realizing, okay, this is what I need uh, in my business, I started writing down all those things I enjoyed doing, all the things I didn't like doing. And then I started realizing, okay, this list of things I don't really enjoy doing is getting bigger and bigger. And so how, and then hiring people to fill those roles. And that has really helped tremendously in building a team and realizing, oh my goodness, it's all, you know, fitting everybody into their, sitting everybody in their places and how it's growing. Yeah, it's been, it's been incredible. It's been, you know, there's ups and downs with it for sure in building a business. And yeah. Yeah. The, the building the dream team, I'd love to get your thoughts or advice on this. Cause I, I did an episode just a couple episodes ago, I think episode nine on building your dream team. And, you know, I find that 
it's it's the conversation I'm having the most with with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners. And I, I believe that besides having a clear vision, like building the dream team is the single most number one only way you're going to achieve the vision. If it's a big vision, right? If you're really listening to your heart and listen, you 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 just can't get there on your own. And so, but it's also has its challenges. It's like never led a team before, never built a team. And this is hard. This is my my baby will we'll refer to our business sometimes, right? And what what we need to remember though, babies do grow up, right? And they have to learn to walk. And so if but anyway, what has your experience been like and lessons learned? And and we're all still learning. No, I know you haven't arrived. None of us have, like we're still figuring things out. But what have you felt like? You're like, you know, what are some of the aha moments that you've learned here in the last, I don't know, 18 months, two years as you've built your team? Yeah. Well, let me be honest and just let me me share this. When I started building my team and started hiring people, and that's, you know, that's a, that's a big deal when you're hiring other people and working with them and managing them, that that's a different layer that you have to get, that you're getting to. I remember seriously, I was crying to my husband telling him, I don't know if I can manage people well. And that's where I really had to do inner work in myself of, oh my goodness, like switch it. I kind of had to have a paradigm shift of going, okay, I want to inspire these women. I want to help these women looking at my team in a different way and also comparing it to when I led teenagers, you know, I led teenage girls. And then how did I minister to those girls the same way I can serve my team and help build this dream team. But I will say it started with, oh my goodness. I mean, I just, you know, there's always a starting ground and, you know, there can be tears or, but for me, but then work, working through that and just being honest with that, but also writing, for me, it becomes very crystal clear when I write things down. And so I'm a big writer on just keeping everything, journaling everything, writing down how the day is going, what I'm working on during that day, the things I'm enjoying doing, the things I'm not enjoying doing. And again, just placing those people, realizing, okay, I need a shipping manager. Okay, now I need someone to be in customer service and I need someone to answer all these emails. And then I need marketing and, and then the layers of marketing. So I think it's just, it's, it's so organic in a way too, because you keep on realizing, wow, there's this person can fill this role. And if they're really gifted in that way and you're hiring the right people, it's magic because then you're working together with them and the synergy, all that is happening. And it's really exciting and such a gift to have. So. Yeah. What, and I'm curious what your experience has been like this, the difference between kind of feeling, I just need help. There's too much on my plate. I need help versus I need somebody to do a specific job and own something, uh, own a part of this business. What, what is your experience of the difference between those two? Have you experienced a difference? Have you fa- fallen into that maybe a trap of, I need help initially, and then realize like, wait a minute, I, I need more than help. I need somebody to own something here. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. And that's where I just have to be very clear in what do I need help in? What are the specific things I need help in and people, what they can do? So. Yeah. I think, I guess what's hitting me is all the writing, you're journaling, you're keeping track of what is it specifically Mm -hmm. that I would want this person to be responsible for? What would their contribution to this business that I'm building be versus just needing help? Right. And yeah. I think that's really good. You you know, and this happened. It's so fun to see, to look back and see what's happened. But I knew that I needed definitely more help, but I needed a marketing director. So I started writing down all these needs 
And well, I, write, I wrote down all the things I needed the marketing director to do. And I was keeping a journal of it and adding things to it. I had this list going on and I was making it in December, probably November. I started realizing, okay, this is what I need. And then I had a conversation with a friend who this was around New Year's, so January 1st. And she was telling me she was moving into getting a job in the business world, talking about working with small business. And then it just hit me. It was like, and I, I got off the, con- the conversation, the phone with her. And then I went back to my journal and looked through all the different qualities and all the different needs that I wrote down in on the list of what a marketing director that I needed. And she hit every mark. And I realized, oh my goodness, it doesn't have to be hard. Because I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have to go through the process of hiring and finding someone and and all the interviews. But then I realized, wow, because I was so clear on what I needed, I knew in my head. And so when I was talking to her, it was just a spark of, oh, wow, you will fit this so perfectly. And now she's in, you know, she started and it's, it's incredible. Yeah. 90% of the work, whether it's finding the right people, building the business is getting clear on what you want. Cause it's so easy to get caught up on the things we don't want, the things we're avoiding, the problems, and we just kind of get hooked and tangled up in all that. And we lose sight of what we really are here to do and what we de- really desire to create. And when you have clarity, it's just, it is, it's like, you just, those opportunities just reveal themselves. Like I just got a new car and all of a sudden everywhere I look, everybody's driving the same car. And it's because I've, I don't know, there's something about the mind that draws you to what you're looking for. And anyway, uh, that's a whole nother discussion, but I have a question kind of taking Going back to the art artistic process, just kind of the metaphor of the blank canvas, I've heard it referred to, it's terrifying. Like just that kind of feeling. So I experienced this in my work. We were talking about your work to do, right? And why don't we do it? My experience is it's really uncomfortable, especially getting started. Like it's much more comfortable to just check email or you know, do the, do the, the busy stuff in the business. And honestly, I really am curious what you have to say. Like you, you've been at this for 13, 14, 15 years now, creating art, probably longer than that. Yeah, about 20. <laughs> okay. And yeah. so do you still have that feeling? Like what's that, what's it like even, even for you today to create and to put your art, you know, just to paint and to tack that canvas? Oh, it's still... It's, it doesn't come easy. I think that's where we really have to look at it and go, okay, making time. I guess I would say I have to build habits into the way I look at my week. And again, I, well, I said this earlier, but just when I'm creating and making, I, that is such a key time. But it's easy what you're saying about checking emails and doing that. It's so easy to do all those things. Like, okay, let's just keep busy. But yeah, it, it is not, it's something I really have to, well, I have this book, it's this big art book and it has a door on the front, a painted door on the front. And it just says, go into your studio and make art, the end. Like just go into your studio and make art. So I think sometimes we just have to put the simplicity on, let's just go do the thing, just get it done, just go do it. And I know there are books, I've read different books about, just go do it. Because if you just do it, sometimes I just go in my studio I try to have a plan into what I'm creating and making, but sometimes I'm like, I just need to go in there and I'll start on something that's kind of easy in a way, like a painting that I'm used to. And then I get into the flow. So sometimes it's kind of going into, okay, I know this, I know how to do this. Let's start in the easy realm of making this painting. And then I'm going to go into, and then the flow just starts happening. Then I start getting into the paintings that I'm 
have imagined and envisioned that I want to start creating. And yeah, so it's really just being basically disciplined to go into the studio and just make stuff. To start. Just to start. Doesn't have to be a masterpiece. I can relate that start with something easy. Some starting. Yeah. I, same. So when I'm practicing storytelling, I have a story that I tell a lot and I'm, I, I know it it's, it's part of me now. And you're exactly right. I oftentimes will just start by telling that story and I kind of gets me activated um, in, and in that creative mode. And so the takeaway for listeners is just start and you don't have to do the, the hardest thing first. Start with something that gets gets the car moving. I've heard that metaphor. You can't steer a parked car. So let's let's move. Let's get to mo- doing something that we feel, you know, that lights us up and let see what happens from there. Yeah. And I'll add to that and be okay with making mistakes. You know, I love this analogy of they put there's basically 10 artists, there's an artist who is making 10 paintings. They said they took an artist and they said, okay, go ahead and make 10 art, make 10 pieces of art, then focus on one masterpiece. Well, then you take the 10 pieces of art and that one masterpiece, well, guess what's the best piece of art from that? It wasn't the masterpiece that one focused, the artist focused on. It was something that came from those 10 pieces of art. And so I do that all the time where I'm creating and I make a bunch of things because there's a flow in that and I'm not as nervous or scared or anxious about messing up because I can give myself more freedom and more space to mess up, to just have imperfection. And I think starting and just being okay with imperfection is key. I don't, I, I know that right there is a message I needed to hear in my early thirties. We get, we take ourselves so seriously and it's gotta be right. And that is such a metaphor for leadership, life, business, like stop trying. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Stop trying so hard because the the magic happens when you kind of let go. And that's so true. That that's is what... key. The magic happens when you let go and you can just laugh at yourself. Yes. Have a little bit of comedy in it. So. Well, to, to wrap up, I just want to, I always like to ask some of my guests, one, it's a selfish question because I'm always getting turned on to new books and podcasts. And so what's a book, podcast, or a person right now that's inspiring you most? You know, this is... You may, this is a book that's been around for a while, but I'm rereading it. And I think it's always great to reread every year. It's called This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. It's brilliant. It hits my heart. And it's something that I thought, oh, I've read that before, but I really need to read it every year. So that's what I'm rereading. And Seth Godin has a lot of good things to say. Yes, I'll be adding that to the list. And my next question is just what's what's 22, 2022 have in store for you? What's on the horizon for for you, your business, what you're creating? What are you building? So many fun ideas that will be put into action. We're working on fabric. We're going more into some textiles with my business, with art, my products, making the art go onto fabrics and wallpaper and some clothing. It's just really exciting because when I was in high school, I wanted to be a fashion designer and live in New York City. So it's really fun to kind of go back to those early high school dreams and realize, oh my goodness, I'm going to be doing that in some kind of creative form. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, yeah, really, really, it's been a, I could keep talking for another hour. I really enjoy our conversations, but thanks for Same joining the, the podcast today. And thanks for sharing. Oh, you're welcome. Very vulnerably and sharing your story and and what that journey has been like. Before we go though, where can people find you, learn more about what you're up to? 
you can go to my website, www.trisharobinson.com. And I also have, I sell products. I sell lots of art products, but I also have an art club called God Made Girl Club. Very cool. Yeah, go go check that out. And well, thank you, Trisha. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been fun. Thank you so much. So there you have it. Hopefully you really enjoyed this podcast episode. And my hope is you found it really inspirational. And also, most importantly, I hope you took away some practical things that you can start to do and apply in your own life. So finally, I have one small favor to ask of you before you go. Wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple Music or Spotify, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Love to hear your thoughts. Come find us on social media. Share it on social media. It just really helps us get the word out, helps us grow our audience. So please do that. Thanks to my team, Ashley Bolden, who handles all the admin, and Chris Skipper, who handles all the music and editing of this podcast. For more information on the Create Purpose podcast, you can go to www.createpurpose.net. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Zach.Arend. Please drop me a comment. Reach out drop me a DM. I'd love to hear from you and love to hear what you're taking away from these conversations. What would you like to hear more of? Do you have any guests that you would love to see come on the show? And I'm always looking for great people to talk to people with great stories that can inspire you. And so if you know of anybody, send them my way. Love to hear from you. I'm your host, Zach Aaron, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Create Purpose podcast. Bye for now.